Hello again, and welcome to episode 152 of SDGC for Thursday, June 20th. If you're not aware, Super Deformed Gamescast meets right here each and every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, uh, time allows, lose, as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, a mental health support show, and a bi-weekly morning show every other Friday. I, I got it this time. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm fine. I, I've had... I, the, I, I was... I'm especially excited about podcasting tonight because oh hold on a minute is uh is our audio screwed up okay there we go audio should be fixed now so uh, everybody else say something real quick just want to make Hi. sure there we go yeah we're good Hello. yeah i don't know what was up with that that was weird um it's <laughs> blaine anderson in chat says everyone's uh volume aside from john seems kind of low because nobody... i think it's just that john's is very loud it's possible. It's possible. But no, people in chat are saying it, it's it's. I know how to so. yell really loud if you need me to. It, it it's it, no, do it. No, no, Reb, do it. Go for it. Show us how loud you can yell. No, oh, I want to be nice to Zach today. Damn it. Thank you. Aww. You know, I want people to think about me more often. So thanks, Reb. <laughs> You're welcome, Zach. You know, we actually have uh, 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 Matt Piscatello's back on the podcast tonight. Matt, it's uh, it's boy. our boy, our old our old NPD pal. I know we've been doing this for like three years now or something, haven't we? It's You've been, been like, while, eh? it's been a long time. Like, I would actually, it's been, a, Matt, it's been at least two years. It's been a couple years uh, that, um, oh, by the way, real quick, uh, shout out to Puppet Salt 2 in chat. John's beard cleans up nice. Flattery, oh, will, John. Flattery will get you far on this podcast. If the rest of you think that if you can just God. compliment John in Twitch and get shouted out by him and interrupt our conversation every two minutes, you think can. again. You no. absolutely can. First of all, can. No. That's, that's almost I, a guarantee. Can I, absolutely. Can I, fucking uh, can fucking just, A. Can I just say that if we if SDGC was a house, we would be Matt's like lakeside cottage. At this point. You know, he, comes here, he comes here once a month on the weekend, and it's a nice sunny time, and then and then you know. Yeah, the rest of the time I VRBO it. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're all drunk and John tries to do a stunt into the lake and I do, and I I I probably end up drowning and nobody bothers to save me. That's that's just another that's just another that's just another Thursday on on STGC. But uh but yes, flattery flattery in the chat will get you a shout out, absolutely. Don't listen to what the rest of these heathens say. Well, you introduced um, you introduced Matt Piscatella as, you know, our resident NPD pal. You did not introduce him, I noticed, as resident Tom Nookstan. Is he a Tom Nook stand? He's a Tom Are you Nook a Tom Nook stand? Yeah. Tom Nook is good. What's wrong with Tom Nook? He's wrong. a responsible yeah. landlord. I will fight anyone that says otherwise. He drags you to a deserted island in the new game and forces you to pay him money to live there. <laughs> there's there's a fucking so so warning to everybody on the podcast and everybody in chat. There's a fucking gnat that has been in this room for three days now. The motherfucker escapes my grasp every single time. But I'm gonna I'm. Jesus fucking Christ! If so, if, if you if you see me going like this through the whole podcast, you're trying to grab him. That's me. That's me trying to kill this motherfucker. So I'm not having a I fit. I haven't been on this podcast in like three weeks, and when I come back, it's just John seemingly just yelling into the mic about bugs in his basement. 
So it's just another Thursday then. We've come so far. Before we move on to actual topics, I just want to say hi to Jeff. I just miss Jeff. Jeff, I I missed you too. Hi, Jeff. I missed everyone, but especially I miss Zach. Oh, and I love the new glasses. Oh, thank you. The new glasses do look fly, man. They look dope. You're a handsome lad, Zach. Jeff. We're all so good looking. Uh, Finn. This is for Piscatella. Saki on the mic. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right, Saki. Is Saki actually on the mic? Is Saki actually? Oh, why don't you do that every? Why don't you do that every Thursday? Why is this new? Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Brandon changed his avatar. Holy shit! No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He did not. He did. Yeah, it's Cloud. No, that's Banana Factory. Oh, that's Banana. No, it's not. That's fucking. That's fucking Brandon. Hello, welcome to SGGC. <laughs> we don't know what's going. This is actually a, this is actually a podcast at some right. point tonight. This is actually a video game podcast. Zach, why don't you take control of this fucking dumpster yeah. fire? Yeah. Uh, so Matt, you're here. You're here to talk about NPD, but before we get into it, I want you to give people a verdict on orange vanilla Coke, Matt. Where do you fall, bud? Zach, bro, this is a topic. Listen, uh, if I needed to to polish or varnish anything, <laughs> I might use it. Uh, if I hated my friends, I might give that to them. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Okay, all right, no. more. All right, no, that's fine. Uh, fine, fine. I guess we'll talk about NPD then. Let's talk about video games. I want to talk about video games on our video game podcast. God, what the fuck is a video game? Listen, coming out of E3, uh, there's been a lot of like question because she's an actual video game journalist. I mean, video game journalists hate video games, man. Everybody right? knows this. We hate them so much. Everybody knows this. We do it because of the money. Yeah. Well, I know Reb is constantly bragging about how much she makes. You guys should see the, the you should see the SDGC DM. Video games, which games I hate. Journalists. Exactly. Matt, okay. tell us about MPD. Matt. Uh, it's, uh, so yeah, uh, sales were down last month, 11%. Uh, the same games that were leading in April led in May again for Mortal Kombat and Days Gone. The Switch is up a lot. Everything else is down a lot. And if it wasn't for the Switch, uh, I would have really, I would be, um, Debbie Downer. Uh, every month right now because Switch is doing so much work. So it's kind of a weird time. You know, we're getting near the end of PS4, Xbox One's life cycle. Uh, we have the new gen boxes announced. Stuff's coming. Um, so, you know, it's that time in every cycle where things start to slow down. Uh, fortunately, we have Switch, which is doing exceptionally well. Leading hardware platform. Nintendo is the leading software publisher. And it's doing a lot of work in helping try to offset some of those other uh, declines that we're seeing and plus like we just have the lightest slate uh this year especially when you compare it to last year um like with games like god of war showing up yeah like for may of 2019 it was the lowest dollar sales month for a may for new release games since 1998 whoa <laughs> so, that's like, fucking wild yeah, yeah. yikes so, so we're yeah my dog's got her toy. So we're having like a real, like a real lull right now. And you know what? This is probably going to last through the summer uh, because the slate's pretty light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
No, don't sh- please don't take it away from it's it's pure. It's pure. That's we need the, this. Uh, that's the sound that's... of video game sales going down. <laughs> yeah. I need a pro price drop so I can get one for FF seven. I still have a I still have a base yeah. PS. Yeah, I was wondering, like, is are we ever gonna see a like another significant price drop for these boxes? Is is this holiday kind of the right time to try and get some well, I don't know, last minute sales out of them before next gen hits? Uh, you'll you'll probably see some some discounting. I I think that the price sensitivities are such that doing deep discounts isn't mm-hmm. really going to result in more profitable sales. Um, the the install bases are really strong, uh, so I don't know if we'll see those deep discounts. Um, we might see you know some movement. We always see a good holiday movement like PS4 at 199 last year, uh, Xbox One heavily discounted. We'll still see some of that, but. I don't think we're going to get like 139 or 99 dollars or anything crazy like that. So I've got a que- I've got a question, Matt. Um, like as you very accurately stated, there's kind of a, a a dearth of software this year because you know, and that's to be expected. We are getting close to the to, you know to the end of the gen. Um, as far as Switch goes, though, like would you agree that the rest of the year is looking pr- like on a from a software perspective? I mean, they've clearly, in my opinion, got the strongest lineup of first-party software anywhere, uh, anyway, this year. Um, what do you expect to be the top sellers uh, for the rest of the year? Yeah, you know what? I, I just published that list uh, pretty recently. Um, I have Call of Duty at number one, of course. It's like the most obvious thing uh, to put on the top of a bestsellers list in a, in a year where uh, Rockstar doesn't have a game coming out. Um, after that, uh, I've got... Um, there's my list. I've got NBA 2K20 coming in for number two mm. um, for the year. And then Madden at NFL 20 at number three. So no the top three. There. Yeah, no surprises. Number four, I have Borderlands 3. Interesting. Uh, the strong franchise, strong tracking, despite some of the... Shall zaniness. we say negative press? <laughs> uh, the challenges uh, in some areas. Number five, I have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Huh. Mm-hmm. At, at six, Mortal Kombat 11, um, which has shown great. The way so the far. way that game has performed, Matt, has just like I think probably blown everybody's expectations out of the water, right? I think it would have to. I mean, the month two sales of MK11 were more or almost double any other month two for the franchise. So usually, Mortal Kombat is far more uh, heavily weighted in the um, launch period. This time around, maybe it's the lighter slate, maybe it's the game design, um, but it's having sustained success, which is good to see. It was funny um, to watch it overtake Kingdom Hearts. Like, Kingdom Hearts, that, I, I mentioned that to you on Twitter, like, Kingdom, it, it's a weird software lineup, and it's really emblematic of the fact that there's just been nothing, really, this year. Like, Kingdom Hearts was for, what, January, February? For a few months. And March. Like, for three for three months, it topped the software sales charts for year-to-date. Yeah, even yeah though, last, last month as well, yeah. Even though, like, it was on top last month, too? For Oh, mm-hmm. for May. Yeah, well, wait. April. Right, right okay yeah, yeah right. it, was on, there for, it was on there for like three or four months in a row or whatever yeah and but but it was it was on it was on the top of the year to date charts even after it had fallen out of the top 20 for that month so like kingdom hearts did so well in its initial like two months or so that nothing could touch it for several months after. i had no idea that franchise was so popular i thought there was just a small group of weirdos that just love those games <laughs> hey. I, I did not see this coming hey geez it's launch month sales were very very strong like yeah. actually i was talking about this on twitter the other day 
it is right now the golden age of JRPGs in the U.S. I'm market. E3, here. man, was just stuffed with us. I'm yeah. so here for it. I'm so fucking here for it. It's so good. I feel There's like it's 1997 been... again. It, it really yeah. it does. Well, there, there was, I, I counted um, six threads about Final Fantasy VII on the front page yeah. of Resetter today. It feels like I'm in fucking high school again, Brandon. <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, that's, oh that's 1998 game facts. Like, Unfucking believable dude. Yeah. I'm here for the, every bit of it. The other thing I noticed, Matt, that um, you had, and this is from your predictions for the full year, you had Death Stranding in at number eight. And like the rest of the things on here, I think everything else on here is something for which you can look back and say that you have some kind of past data that kind of indicate to you how well this is going to do, right? Like NBA 2K, we all know what that's like. Call of Duty, Borderlands, Star Wars, maybe a little more finicky, but you still kind of have an idea of how Star Wars does and how EA stuff does. But Death Stranding is like a totally... It, it, it feels like a wild card to me. Why, why, why at eight? So it is a wild card and a couple of reasons for that. So last year I had Sp Marvel Spider-Man at number 10 and it ended up being at number seven. I underestimated the power of the Sony marketing machine. I underestimated <laughs> how good a game uh, Marvel Spider-Man was going to be. And I underestimated a little bit uh, the PS4 owner bases penchant for buying exclusives. Um, Death Stranding is the is the big PS4 exclusive this year. Um, there's going to be a lot of money thrown at it uh, in terms of the yeah. marketing, um, and like with what we're seeing right now, um, if if a game is going to surprise and jump into this top ten, I, I'm guessing it's this. But you know, every once in a while, you kind of throw like a wild card in there just to make it interesting. Uh, and so I'm, I'm placing my bet here, thinking that. Um, without a bunch of other big PS4 exclusives in the holiday period, this will this will take some of that um, focus that would otherwise be spread across a number of titles. Yeah, it's had it's such a weird game, and it's had such a weird marketing cycle too. I don't know what the game is. Is it a game? It's a. <laughs> it, it, it's actually it's a movie. It's a it's a four hour it's a four hour cutscene. Don't fucking know. That's exactly Listen, what it is. Some. <laughs> Sometimes you die hard, man. All right, that's just uh, that's I, just. I actually have I actually have another question for Matt. Um, with Super Mario Maker two uh, and um, Fire Emblem Three Kingdoms releasing uh, within, I think almost exactly a month of uh, a month of each other. Um, how do you see I mean, if if Imran wants to talk Final Fantasy seven by all means? Yeah, please. I, I've turned into a walking Final Fantasy VII encyclopedia since E3. Like I, I have watched every video on YouTube. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, is, can't, I can't think about anything else. Brandon is digging into the fuck it. Imran, Imran and Chad is encouraging. You, you more know Final what I'm going to do when the podcast talk. is over? Stop encouraging them. No, I'm going oh, to watch Tim Rogers' entire like retranslation series. I will Weird. always, I will always talk about Final Fantasy, but I do. Oh, I almost got that motherfucker. I will. I do want to uh, ask Matt. Um, yeah, how, by the end of the show, you'll have it. I fucking hope so, man. Because he's. I, I don't want anyway. Matt, super. I'm. I'm very frustrated right now. Matt, with Super Mario Maker two <laughs> and and uh, Fire Emblem releasing, how do you uh, how do you see those sales, especially for uh, Super Mario Maker two? How do you see them holding up to the originals? Uh, I feel like the, I feel like there's been a lot of hype and anticipation for for Mario Maker, but not as much for for Fire Emblem. Well, I mean, if you're going to compare like a, a a Switch game to a Wii U game, the Switch game will outsell the Wii U game by a factor, <laughs> um, no matter what it is. Uh, comparing Switch to 3DS, it's a little bit different, right? So Pokemon Let's Go um, launched last year. 
and it sold less than I thought it would um, going from 3DS to Switch, but Let's Go wasn't a full bore RPG, you know, so we'll have to see how, how Pokemon Sword and Shield do. Um, I've got Super Mario Maker 2 coming as the number 10 best-selling game of the year. It's kind of a lean-in as well. Uh, I'm assuming that Switch is going to remain very hot, that Switch will be the video game holiday gift. Um, especially, especially with Pokemon and, yeah. Yeah. And the rumors of a tiny switch. I don't, yeah, if that one comes out, you baby really switch. do some things. I yeah. still I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be really upset because this is I this is what I predict is going to happen. And this is again, I, I always have to say this, I feel like, because I actually write in the industry. I, I don't know anything. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um I they're gonna come out with a tiny switch, right? Like, and it's gonna be great. And they're gonna do the same thing they did with the 3DS, which is they're gonna come out with a very boring, like gray model and then yeah. like maybe a like a red or a blue model whatever and then i'm gonna have my regular switch which is great and my normal joy cons and then in a year they're gonna come out with another tiny switch and it's gonna have like a cute little isabel on it or like a pikachu and they're gonna keep coming out with more and more cute ones and i'm not gonna buy any of them because i already have a switch and i can't keep buying a hundred dollar consoles just because they're cuter than the one i currently own but i'm gonna be really upset because I mean, you, if they, you will I, no, I can't um, no, I did not. I did not with the 3DS. I've only ever owned boring 3DSs and I'm so upset about it. But it's like, it's so frustrating, right? Because I, I just wish they had come out with a cute Isabel one to begin with. So I have I just, you I know, just settled for putting stickers on it. I will say, of course the Tom Nook stands are like, yeah, why not buy another one? Sure. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> and Finn. I didn't even think about that. First of all, in no way, shape, or form am I ever a Tom Nook stand. Oh, thank you. Good. Because that would involve me being an Animal Crossing stand. Oh. I, I fucking knew that was coming, too. I can't believe you walked into that. I, oh, I, into I, that. I, I saw know. that one coming a mile away. I know his feelings on Animal Crossing. I saw that one coming right. a, a mile away. I have a away. question for, 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 for Matty P. Fire away. Um, do you, I mean, I know Pokemon is always like a weird thing because they never count as one release. They're split between two. Um. So my question is twofold. Sometimes when they combine them, it shifts the, the list. Would that change your positioning if they were added up as one unit? And do you think Nintendo is going to do the obvious and do a Pokemon Sword Shield uh, special edition Switch this year? So funny you asked that question. Another smart person on Twitter asked me that question last week. Um, uh, Rev asked the same question. Yeah, I, oh, I think she? if they were oh. combined. Yeah, it's probably Absolutely top did. five. Of course it was Reb. Um, I care about yeah, Pokemon. It's probably top five or six uh, if they're combined, at least in the projections. So um, we'll have to see. Like, if they wanted us to combine them in the rankings, we would. Um, but they're they're listed as different games. What are you going to do? Um, and you know, if they don't come out with a special edition Switch for that those games, I think that would be weird. I'd be more surprised if they didn't than if they did, because I mean, Nintendo's been doing this very strategy for 20 years like yeah. <laughs> the things they do aren't surprises so you should be able to kind of plan out what uh, what they might come out with um on a calendar just because they've already done it with 3ds and they've done it you know with nds and going all the way back to gba their pokemon re releases for like the last three four years maybe even longer than that have been the exact same week of november every damn year <laughs> It's I, yeah. I don't want to get into this topic tonight, but I, I had multiple people in my mentions when I was talking about the Pokemon National Dex thing say, well, they could just delay the game and we would all be fine with it. I'm like, they're, Nintendo, nobody is going to delay Pokemon. 
that you can you can have other arguments about so, this, but nobody is ever going to delay. Breaking, it breaking. Hold on, hold on. Breaking news, breaking news. Um, the the National Weather Service in Kansas City tweeted out: "We honestly have no explanation for the floating objects over Kansas City." <laughs> I'm just okay. John. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just. So, so Matt, I, I have a question for you um, just about, uh, I mean, coming out of E3, I think a, a big story, um, and I, I know it isn't exactly tied to NPD stuff, but uh, a big story is about how Game Pass is moving uh, uh, to PC and what that's bringing with it, uh, and it was never going to be a top 10 seller, but looking at games like uh, Outer Worlds, which now instead of having to pay 60 bucks for i can pay 15 dollars and i can just play that game when it comes out uh on two of the three platforms it's launching how do you start gauging success for a game like that uh for consumer market if if two-thirds of the platforms the players can play it for 15 bucks and it's never tracked as a single sale yeah that's a great question right i mean that's those are the questions that you know we're all asking um, and the questions that I, I imagine they're even asking internally at Microsoft. I mean, this is a the 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 the, the coming the coming up of subscription services like this is fundamentally changing how this market works, and uh, I don't think anyone truly understands the long-term implications of that. And how do you define success? I think um, you know, in my conversations with Microsoft. Uh, it's all about engagement. It's all about how many users for how many, how long. Um, you know, talking about sales figures is is secondary or tertiary to engagement. Um, and, and perhaps that's the new language, right? Sony's also talking about engagement now, uh, and Nintendo isn't quite so much, but they're even throwing that out a little bit. Um, so I think you know, in entertainment as a whole, that twenty-four hour clock people see as being finite, whereas dollars are a little less finite. Sure. Even if you talk to a Netflix, they're always talking about how many hours people are watching Netflix, not how much, you know, they're spending. Um, and maybe that's the way we move. Uh, I sure. don't know. Um, but right now it's player count that people are looking at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, I'd sure like it if they announced more uh, details around those player counts, but uh, it is what it is. I, th right. I think where people are anxious is uh, I think the engagement and stuff like that is great for Microsoft and maybe even for the devs, depending on the game. But I think the anxiety comes from, you know, if you have a small or medium studio that makes a game and it goes on Game Pass, like, you know, maybe it does great for Microsoft's Game Pass service. But like, what are the devs actually seeing? Like, how does this what does this do to the value of games? What is the revenue coming in to the actual studios making the games look like? Like, I don't know all the mechanics of. I know they're compensated for being on these services, but is it really the same as having a Smash success game that moves 5 million units over the course of a few years? Like, I, I don't know. It's like you said, it's an unknown, but that, I, I'm a little concerned about how that's going to go. Right. Sure. And that's the bet, right? Like when you sign a deal, any deal for distribution, um, you're making a bet that you've sized your market appropriately. And you do the math and you say, okay, based on our estimates, we're going to sell this much over this long uh, with this run rate. And we're going to come out at the end with this number of dollars. And here's this other opportunity. And it's offering this, that, and the other um, a combination of dollars and services. And you say, okay, well, you know, maybe we don't make as much with this deal, but it's guaranteed. 
Um, so it's all a risk reward calculation and every deal is different. There is a lot of talk out there, um, like Rami in particular, talking about uh, the race to the bottom in, in indie games in particular. And that's that's a real concern. Like if you're an indie developer and you're trying to sell your game, um, but your competition are, are the games included with the subscription service, like that makes your that makes your battleground a lot more difficult, right? So like I share those concerns. Um, I just don't know if anyone knows how it's all going to play out. Like it's all changing right now, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Real, real quick, just a quick shout out to Cam Koenig who just subscribed to tier one for two months. We appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, thanks. thanks. Yeah. I mean, to kind of answer what Jeff's saying and kind of piggyback off of like what Matt was talking about, like some of the details are, are really sparse to like a frustrating degree. Um, but like, I, I don't know if we have, we don't get it for every game, but I remember Microsoft did like share details of that when uh, State of Decay, which is a pretty middling game, uh, came to Game Pass that actually increased its physical or not, well, not physical sales, but its sales of its copies uh, and ended up making the NPD charts. It was like number one game of May last year, I think, despite yep, being in Game Pass. Um, but these smaller tiered games, it's really hard to know what that payout ends up looking like. Um, you know, like a game like Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds that came out last mm -hmm. uh, month has had a lot of coverage. And so people would play that game naturally. But a game like Void Bastards that came out right afterward also didn't get a lot of coverage. And like maybe it, it's just it feels like it's such a risk reward right now. And I'm, I'm so fascinated to see if we have uh, some developers um, anonymously share stories with with um, folks about what that model looks like. I just like I don't always want to beg people to leak stuff to press, but I kind of want to know how this model works and if and if people are being fairly compensated for their work and and all that. It's it's fascinating to see um, how that model is going. I imagine um, one of the best uh, is getting the marketing push of yeah their game in part of reel of indie games is always is at least for me to discover what's upcoming yeah being on their their mixer shows will be whatever they call their inside xbox sure it doesn't hurt on that regard yeah yeah I just, it's it's fascinating i just want to yeah point and out real you're quick. right oh i'm no no matt please go ahead Oh, just one bit. Like, you're absolutely right. With State of Decay and even Forza Horizon, the placement in Game Pass, I think, or Sea of Thieves as well, I believe positively impacted sell-through of copies because of that viral effect of people playing the game and telling their friends to buy. I think what might change is that at the initial launch of Game Pass, if someone had Game Pass and they got Sea of Thieves and they said, hey, guys, go buy Sea of Thieves so we can play together, I'm wondering if over time that pitch becomes, hey, guys, subscribe to Game Pass so we can play this game together. Yeah. And so perhaps that positive impact we saw from Game Pass on sell-through, maybe that changes over time. Like right now it's been very positive, but maybe it won't always be. Right. People will stop making redundant purchases where like maybe they're a subscriber and they bought the game or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it it's it's such a weird it's such a weird model and I'm fascinated to see what, what that breakdown is. not that Microsoft will ever willingly hand it to us what their model is. John, what do you got? Uh unfortunately the aliens are actually balloons, which is super <laughs> fucking boring. Sure. And yeah. stupid. That's, that and sounds sorry. about right. Though. That's sorry, actually everybody. We're just Kansas City. That's yeah. actually like Kansas City almost got famous, Reb. 
Like you guys were almost you guys were almost we ground zero for the for the invasion. Off. We already have famous barbecue and meat, Whoa. so what more do you need? Whoa, there is no need for that kind of hostility, Reb. No we do need this at every all. podcast, John. No need at all, Reb. And every and every Thursday I tell you, Reb, there's no need for this hostility at for, for and game. Every Dad. Thursday I tell you how much I love you. Get I know I love you too. <laughs> All right, I will still never get over the fact that there's two Kansas cities and one of them is not in Kansas. It's what? No, it's one Kansas City. Wait, no, it's a single Kansas City. It's just on the state line. Uh, Okay, I was told that there's another Kansas City. There's only one Kansas City. Well, it's one city, but there, but but it's it's divided into Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. But it's all one city. Like we had a mayor like just okay. earlier this week and we all voted for the same mayor well also jeff consider this if you subscribe to the parallel universe theory there are infinite kansas, kansas cities so really right. John, <laughs> we're not <laughs> i'm just i'm throwing it out there there's a street running through the city called state line road i live like that's dope close i live close enough to it that i drive past it regularly and if i have my gps on it goes welcome to kansas welcome to missouri like every Shout, like shouts out to Reb desperately trying to get doxxed tonight. <laughs> there are a lot of places along State Line I, Road. I, I'm, I know. I'm yeah. not concerned. Yeah, I'm just fucking with you, John. Do we have real topics tonight? What are what are we talking about, bud? This NPD was the real topic. Oh, oh yeah, oh. Oh. I don't have any other real topics. <laughs> What's next, John? That, that can't be. Wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. NPD can't be the only real topic we have. We One said second, before we shift away from NPD. Yes. And do you have something smart to say? Because none of the rest of us do. Let's talk. First of all, you know that's not true. I just have a question for Matt. All right, last one. What you think would be the top ten to actual people? If we had to just narrow down the focus to Matt Piscatella, in your opinion, be the best game of 2019 at this point, at this juncture. What's the number one? What's your favorite game? game that's come out this year? Yeah, Finn, you really struggled with that one, man. Just ask him what his favorite game is this <laughs> he year. He got it out. <laughs> I don't want his favorite game. I, uh, I mean, actually, I do. What's your favorite game so, so far? So, well, okay. So the game I'm most excited about is Fall Guys. Have you guys seen this thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Devolver's bizarre battle royale, right? You, it it, no, it's basically like a one verse one hundred, <laughs> except it's like as a. Japanese... a it's a Japanese game show with 100 oh. jelly bean people uh, going through obstacle courses, and it looks okay. so damn fun. I can't yeah. wait. That sounds great. Zach wait, wait, is fucking in. I can tell I you right now. Yeah, yeah, what's it called? One, it's called uh, Fall Guys. I'm 100% Fall Guys. People, and then you get pushed through these progressively more difficult, like, like think Ninja Warrior. Yeah, that was my and first Until one person is left. If if memory serves, it was announced during Devolver's E3 thing. Is that right? Yeah, the and Devolver when, Direct. And when things come out of Devolver, I'm like, I don't know if this is real or not. The Devolver oh, Direct so... was amazing. The first half of it was mocking Nintendo Directs, and it was very well done. And then it got weird for about 10 minutes, like Over. real, real fucking weird and spooky. And then it seemed to end, like it rolled credits. And then it went to a street, like what appeared to be a like a, a pre E three or a post E three stream of a bunch of people like in a room like playing games and talking about the conferences or whatever. Like we've all seen those, but it was still Devolver, and so it was just a giant farce. But even though one dude was wearing like a Devolver shirt and everything was just profoundly stupid, about half of the Twitch chat was like, "Wait, who is this? Is this still Devolver? What is this? I think this is a real thing." 
Whose pre-E3 stream is this? You morons, it's Devolver. <laughs> it didn't change. It's still stupid. Tell is the crazy. only other one that appreciates the Devolver conferences on the same level as I do. I All love right. That. All right. Let, let's move on to some questions um, because I think that was our other big thing tonight. Is uh, is and Matt? By the way, thank you for uh, uh, for the for the always helpful, always interesting. I don't care what you say, Matt. The always interesting NPD rundown. It's even if it's a boring month, it's always interesting to me. You're so um, great. We're so happy you're here. Matt is fucking That's great, and Matt gets to. Nice. Matt gets to be here for some ridiculous questions that we got on yeah, Twitter. So I, I actually, Sometimes. so I, I asked, uh, I've been asking all day for questions on Twitter for the podcast tonight. We got some, we got some really good ones. We got a lot of them. Uh, we're going to try to get through uh, as many as we can. And we've definitely got enough to fill an hour uh because we've we 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 got some really great uh, great questions. And uh, if you have a question in chat, um, throw it out. And if we get to it we will if we don't i mean we're going to do our best uh jeff you've got everything queued up and ready to go right i do yeah why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you go and kick us off this can be fun all right um let's see here there was a yeah man they're all so good okay uh you don't have you don't have to go in order pick one <laughs> you don't have to go in order okay all right uh here's a really good one what's what classic game is stuck on an old platform that you wish you could play on a modern console Ooh. Wait, there's wait, a lot wait, wait, okay wait, hold wait, on hold question, on zach's gonna question. zach's gonna quarterback this is okay. this does this mean that we get to like it's remastered with modern graphics or is it like no it looks the same you can just play it with a modern controller yeah like like for example like metal gear solid 4 like I okay. just want to fucking play that on my PS4 with my DualShock 4 as gotcha. is no upres nothing like just what can you literally not play on a current gen console or PC Gotcha mm -hmm. I want to go so, to Reb uh, cuz Reb is Reb is dancing so I think that Reb gets to answer first and then Finn <laughs> Guess what soundtrack I just turned on guys I already know what it is What do you know what do you think it is It's got it's got to be Chrono Trigger Absolutely not Wario I can play that on my <laughs> DS Wario Land That's 4 guys gen. I want to play War. I can play that on. I think my Wii U, right? Like I think it was on. Oh, did you console. did you say Wario Land Four? Wario Land Four. Oh, that's, that's a good a game, choice. It's a Game Boy Advance yeah, platformer. I, 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 I own love it. it with all my heart. It's so good and weird. I want that on the Switch. I want to play that on the Switch. That's a There's really not a single good one. Wario game on Switch, is there? Not one. No. That's a crime. Oh my God, not Wario yet. Land! If you have never played Wario Land Four, it is it is the dumbest fucking game. It's so good. It's a platformer starring Wario. It's way better than like any of the other Wario games. He's like it's so well designed and the music like put on the soundtrack. It's so weird and so good. I played the shit out of this game as a kid. I love it. Quick question, and then then Finn. But uh, in Smash, all I know about Wario is he farts and rides a motorcycle. Does he fart and ride a motorcycle in Wario um, Land Four? Okay, I don't really remember. I don't think he does either of those things. He yeah. um he eats app so he can like eat apples and get really really heavy and bust through boulders. He can he can kind of like short like tackle things to break break rocks to the side. Um, he can get stung by a bee and his cheeks get inflated and he floats up into the air. Um, I think he can get frozen and slide along the ground. If he's on fire, he runs around and can set things on fire. There's a whole bunch of different things he can do. Like there's all these different powers and environmental things that he can interact with. The, I'll, I'll keep this really short. The premise of every level is that you come in and you get basically to the end. And when you hit the end of the level, there's a little timer and you hit it 
And when you hit it, you have a time limit. And in that time limit, you have to race back to the beginning of the level and escape. And at, at first it's easy, like you just run back. But as the game goes on, some of the levels, when you hit the timer, it changes the layout of the level. So you'll maybe only do half the level, hit the timer, and then have to do the second half racing back. It's just, it's, the design is incredible. The music, so play Warland 4, guys. It's real It's good. fucking fantastic. It's so good. John just played it recently. Oh, Finn, I, fu I fucking is, love that game. Finn, what is your game, bud? So, it recently just came into the news because people are one step closer to making this a reality. PC games ever made and one of the greatest games most people have never played. If you like the point-and-click genre, standard. You're cutting in and out real bad, buddy. Yeah. Is he cutting out? Like, or is he just messing with us? No. That would be very funny. <laughs> yeah. It almost um, sounded like it to be dramatic. I don't know. Oh, Finn. You, okay, Finn. Get it out for me, bud. How do you hear me? Uh, you're coming. Oh, you're coming in and out really bad. Come back. Let's move on. Let, hold on. We'll come Jeff? back to Finn. We'll Jeff? come back to Finn. Wait, does he mean? Did he say Blade Runner? He cut out. That seems. Yeah, like we're gonna come back to Finn. Yeah, we're gonna come back to Finn. If he said, if Jeff? he said Blade Runner, he just saved me another choice. <laughs> that, that was that was exactly what I was gonna say. Jeff, what do you got? Yeah. Oh man, uh, you know what? Skip me. <laughs> I am not prepared. Well, all right. Let John, me talk John about you cannot say Metroid there. Prime trilogy. No, that's not it. That's not mine. Okay, all right. At all actually, at all. That's coming to Switch anyway, guys. It's going to be announced in the next Nintendo Direct. Uh, hey, it fucking it's fucking coming. Okay, it's fucking coming. Um, all right. I just let me just let me just pull it's back fucking the coming. So people, let me just pull back the curtain. And so every time we're like, you know how Nintendo rumors get, we're like. The week before a director's announced, we all know it's coming. Every time, John's like, I mean, the game's done. It's coming. You it guys. is Just done. Wait. He's like, this I heard the... it's going to be there. This is the one. It is done. And this is for like the last I have a source months. that told me. It's, it's been okay. delicious. Okay, um, okay, okay. I, I'm glad I'm here for your fucking amusement. I'm glad that I'm glad that everybody takes fucking joy out of my continual suffering. I'm glad that I'm here to amuse everybody, but Metroid Prime Trilogy is a fucking reality on Switch. It's already done, and it's coming. Okay. It's fucking... Okay. Anyway, my okay, game... John. My game is not Metroid Prime Trilogy. My game, if I could bring it to modern-day consoles right now, everybody is expecting me to say Final Fantasy VI, which is true, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions on PSP. Final Fantasy VI is already on modern consoles anyway. Well... That's a good one. Yeah, but yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions uh, is the definitive version of an amazing game. If you haven't played uh, the War of the Lions version on PSP, I strongly recommend you can download it on Vita, if you have a Vita. <laughs> and it is fucking outstanding. It's like, with the new translation, it is like playing Game of Thrones. I mean, it is the story is deeply political, and there's a lot of twists and turns, and a lot of, you know, it's just, it is incredibly good. Fucking Awesome game. Uh, if I could, if I could pick one, it would be War of the Lions. That's my game. Bring it, bring it, bring it, Square. Please, please. That game doesn't get enough fucking love. Brandon and then Matt. Brandon, what's your game? Hold bud? on, John. Not not oh. to pivot to actual news, um, but you saw the new the kind of thing that was talked about in a couple interviews. Uh, one was ours, and then Game Informer did one as well that had a little bit different details in it. But uh, they were talking to Square Enix, and uh, they were saying that 
they're this is not like an announcement or anything but they're looking into the idea of a subscription service for I heard Square that. enix games and they were looking into putting a lot of they want to make all of their classic titles available like all of them um sometimes they can't find the game that was what game informer which had which is I thought fucking was, ridiculous. Was really fine. we just can't find it like i mean great that's hilarious um but like they they want to bring all their classic titles to a place where other people can play them so that that may actually I'd love get that. To be a reality yeah hey why not yeah i'll fucking at this point i'll fucking take what i can get from square enix um Zach, back to you, bud. Yeah, Brandon, what what was your game? So I'm in I'm in solidarity with uh, Finn on Blade Runner, the original, the Westwood PC playing click from '97. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was so good. I I played it. I got it as like a Christmas present for my grandfather before I ever even saw the movie. I was like, what, twelve years old? But it, it's real good. But since he said that, I'll pick another one and. Uh, I was gonna say Bangayo on the Dreamcast from Treasure. They made there was a DS version. It was like there's that is a good obscure reference. Yeah, deep cut, man. <laughs> it's like like who's played Bangayo? But it's like it's a 2D multi-directional. You play a multi-directional shooter. You play like a giant mecha robot and shoots you know a million missiles at the same time. And big screen. It's all about big screen clearing attacks and lots of explosions. Nice smooth gameplay. You know, felt like a nice Dreamcasty arcade game. Sounds like Gunstar Heroes almost, Brandon. I mean, it, it, it's a treasure game, so it's very okay. Well, that makes total sense. Yeah, very much in the same as like Ekaruga and all that shit. So um, this is. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Go ahead and finish. No, no, ask a question. It's fine. Um, no, I was going to say this is good timing. I just uh, I saw this a couple days ago and it didn't really register. Um, but there's a company called Westwood that is making Blade Runner playable again on PC. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They so have the only a... way to play it is to install it from the yeah. So the software is called ScumVM, which sounds sketchy. Oh, Basically, isn't it's that like the, same a... thing it's... the way I understand it is it's a wrapper, so you still need the original files. So if you were able to procure like the original disc um, or like the install files, I still have the original disc. Yeah. So you can use that, and then what this does is make it playable on a modern OS. So whereas you know that was built for like Windows ninety eight. Um, this will actually just take those and iron everything out and let you run it on your Windows 10 system. That's so awesome. it was so uh, good. Like, that's the pretty cool. Was perfectly yeah. like recreated from the movie. And if if but people same, are curious, same the... guy who did like Command and Conquer. Hold, hold on a second, Finn, are you okay? Can you talk, man? He's oh. his mic is oh, his so mic sorry, his man. mic is fried. So so Finn Finn is it's telling us in in Finn is telling us that he has the original discs too. Uh, but no, this game has actually been like in the news kind of like a couple of times this week. Um, but actually, uh, previously, um, previously Waypoint now Vice Games uh, has a, has an article up explaining exactly how this team is going about working on uh, making Blade Runner playable. Very me, very is, cool. Like which people is very, very need cool. to play that game. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. If, what is if your you game? If you like man? any of the any of those movies. Yeah, we need to ask Matt. Yeah. So the I mean, it's a game I tried to work on finding a way to make this happen for many years uh, in publishing, but uh, no one lives forever. I would like Kate Archer to live again, and I'd like people to be able to experience that game because that game is great. And it's a Good damn shame. Pick. It's a damn shame it is an IP purgatory because that is a fantastic video game. Finn, can you? Finn, yeah. I'm gonna. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah okay. We can. I, I, I just switched the mic. I just switched audio to my webcam, so it might be shitty audio, but it's it's not that it's, bad. It's passable, man. Yeah, whatever, man. I just I just want to really talk about Blade Runner real quick because it's such an important game to me, and I'm so excited that we're one step closer to it being a reality that people can experience it. 
like it sucks that you still have to have the games that haven't been on sale for almost two decades but we're one step closer for one of the greatest licensed games and one of the greatest adventure games of all time yeah finally be playable it's so good i I remember my mind being blown when i realized that there was like multiple endings based on your choice yeah like some npcs will be replicants on a certain playthrough and then it'll be normal humans on a different one very cool so cool sick as hell it is it really is so good okay anyway please it has like it has like eight different endings or something like that yep yeah jeff what do you got man uh so i figured it out um this isn't like it's not super ancient but the 3ds ports of ocarina of time and majora's mask um i just i just really got into the zelda series um with breath of the wild i'd always bounced off the games after a couple hours and i love breath of the wild even though i talk shit about it sometimes because i got frustrated with very specific quirks that it has um I tried to play Ocarina of Time on my 3DS. That system just wasn't for me. The screen is too small. It wasn't comfortable to hold in my hands. Um, those games were apparently mastered at a much higher resolution. The texture quality is very good. I think they would look perfectly fine on a Nintendo Switch on my TV with a nice, comfy Pro Controller. And I would love to sit and play. I mean, Ocarina of Time, one of the greatest games of all time. Yes, uh, revolutionary, you know, just like everyone deserves to be able to play that game without having to track down some kind of 3DS um, and play it the way that it deserves to be played. So that's my pick. I bounced real hard off Ocarina of Time uh, back when I played it on my friend's system, and I have never liked that game. Sorry, I hate it. It sucks. Uh, But I picked up Majora's (laughs) Mask kind of on a whim (laughs) on my 3DS. I think I had just gotten like the XL or something, and so I went ahead and just grabbed Majora's Mask to see if I liked it. And I loved it. I love Majora's Mask. It's so good on the 3DS. My God, I love it. Hate Ocarina of Time, but Majora's Mask, man. <laughs> I, I okay, guess... You just guess, ratcheted this podcast up to 11, Reb. I know, the, yeah, that's... It's, uh, it, it, it goes back to my I, I have a really hard time getting into older games because I didn't really start gaming until the GameCube era. I was a late bloomer. And so anything that has, like, older... Like, that's why I hate Final Fantasy VII. I just can't... I can't get into the older mechanics. I can't get past it. Um, so that's, that's, I mean, that's the reason that's fair. Why. Majora, Majora's Mask has enough of a hook that I could get past it. That's why, I, like, I like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy six, six. There's enough there that I can get past the clunkiness. But God, I love it. All right. Hey, by I, the way, um, um I, I don't want to linger too long on this question. Um, Zach, have you dropped your Have you dropped your game yet? No. Go ahead, buddy. I was just gonna say that mine. Uh, I would only have this answer because Nintendo. Uh, so greatly uh, reminded me that this was a thing. Um. I would love to have Super Mario Party 3. I just want Mario Party 3. That's an uh, interesting choice, Zach. I, I just want to play that again. Uh, it had really, really good local co-op games. I When I was a kid, it came out when I was really young. Um, and so I didn't like the board game part, but I really liked the mini games. And, like, I'm sure if I played it today, I wouldn't feel the same way. But I remember being blown away by how fun they managed to make, like, this really, really simple system work. Um, and I think that, like, the big contrast here being that I don't think that the most recent Mario Party on Switch is very good, or at least it's not, well, let me put it this way, it, it does not have the same control for me as a player with those mini games, and I don't find as much variety, um, and enjoyment out of those mini games. Um, they, they have a lot of gimmicky motion, they've got a lot of gimmicky motion yeah. controls, um, it, it just doesn't feel like it's as flexible as it should be. Um, I, I just love the old school Mario Party. I don't think we're going to get another one because the past two Mario Party games have been kind of weird. Um, but uh, man, I love, I love that N64 version. That's a it's dark good. horse choice for Zach. I was expecting, I was, I was not expecting Mario party three. Interesting. 
I like my I like, roots are on that 64, man. I like wrenches being thrown into this podcast discussion. I enjoy it. I greatly enjoy it. Um, Jeff, why don't you take it? Oh, by the way, Jeff, who asked that question? Yeah, so I was going to say, um, so shout out. That was uh, Two-Headed Giant on Twitter asked that question. So thank you very much. That was a really good topic. Yeah, shout awesome. out, man. Okay, uh, why don't you take us to the next one? Uh, so this one is also from Twitter. This one was from Patty. Uh, and I like this question. Um, so I'm going to just expand on it a little bit just to shape it um, in a good way that we can answer it. So the question was, what game had the biggest emotional impact on each of you personally? For me, it was Journey. It was so sublime. I knew I could never play it again because the first experience was so u unique and profoundly beautiful. Doing so again felt like it would just dilute that. Um, so I guess I would say, what was what game had the biggest emotional impact on you? And it doesn't have to just be because the game itself is emotional. Maybe it was because of a certain time in your life that you played it or uh, some sort of external meeting um, that or importance that the game has in your heart. Uh, what was something that really just is at the core of your being um, after you played it? I don't know who wants to start. Maybe Ooh. Matt. Zach, I'll tell you what. I want. Let's let, let's have Zach. Uh, let, Zach, why don't you why don't you guide the discussion here and uh, just pick somebody first, and we'll we'll go around the horn. Yeah, I mean, this one's hard. It's, it can be hard to summon up something that caused you an, an emotional reaction. Does anybody have one on your head immediately? I mean, I, I, I do. All right, John, let's start with you, man. Uh, so for mine, I'll I'll just pick the obvious one. Um. Actually, you know what? I'll give two very quick ones. Uh, one, very quick. Uh, one is Final Fantasy VI, simply because I, the scene with Celeste throwing herself off the cliff and attempting suicide uh, in the uh, in the very beginning of the World of Ruin really resonated with me as a 14-year-old uh, who was in a really dark place and not happy with his family life. Um, that really showed me, uh, I don't know, it just it helped me find my inner strength. And so that's one of the many reasons that Final Fantasy VI is such a very special game to me. And the other one is What Remains of Edith Finch, um, simply because the it to me it's it's a benchmark in in narrative and games uh i've never quite i've never really seen a story delivered in the way that edith finch did it and uh to this day i still think about that character i still think about her journey and her her, her family and what happened to them and for me it was just like you know, as far as narrative and games go and story and the way that story's delivered with you know the way it emotionally resonates it was a it was a landmark to me it was a masterpiece and i think it's going to be years before there's something that 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 surpasses it for me so that's the, yeah, that's mine. Sure. Reb. Um, I also have two, but I'll make them quick. One of them I've discussed on the podcast before in different ways, and it's it's in Celeste. And it's this very specific moment in Celeste in the very last level when you reach, I don't know what marker it is. I think it's in the 20s or something. And there's a little pair of binoculars. And that level is, like, that last level is already just absolutely amazing. Like, that exhilaration of climbing up and getting a little confetti every time you hit a little sign. And you're making it in little increments. And it's just, like, this amazing feeling. But there's a point where you get these binoculars. And in, in other areas of the game, when you look through the binoculars, you can see like the whole little area that you're in and it kind of is there to help you solve the puzzle basically and do the platforming right but on this one it's less about doing the platforming right and you could just keep going up and up and up and you can look and if you keep on going up you can see the flag and you still have like a little bit to go like it's not it's not right there it's not obvious or easy but you can see your destination and it's within reach and that was just like the music and the feeling of everything you've been through like it just hit me in this way that has stayed with me for a really long time because like being able to see a goal in sight and knowing that it's challenging and meaningful to you but you can also you can make it like you're capable of it like it's just it's just a fucking time man like it's really really good and i i love that moment and it'll always stay with me um 
The other one that I wanted to mention is a couple of years ago, I was playing World of Warcraft really heavily and I played it uh, with a guild of people who ended up becoming some of my best friends. And at the time we were raiding a heroic uh, Hellfire Citadel and we spent like 91 attempts trying to down the final boss on heroic. And it was so difficult for us. And we worked so hard and we practiced and we worked together and we were getting together like three nights a week for three hours at a time. And it was, it was stupid. It was so much time spent into this, but we got it. And the moment we downed that boss, we all just like, like you hear those stupid YouTube videos where like everybody does the nerd scream when they kill a boss. My God, we did because we all felt it. Like it felt so good. We had spent months. There were like 13 bosses in that raid trying to finish it. And we did it and we did it together. And we all just like yelled and laughed. And some of us were crying and we were so happy. And then there was a moment where everything dulled down and one of the guys in our group goes, wasn't that bad and like the, and that was it and that was just like the, this defining moment for us and our friendship and we've never done anything else like that in that game we all pretty much quit raiding after that but it was just this solidifying moment of friendship with people and total strangers from around the world who i've since met in person and i don't think i'll ever have another moment like quite like that i think yeah that's great that's fantastic yeah i i think that i'm gonna go um and i i think that my like my answer is is not like when I when I say emotional, I think I think like I at first in my mind wanted to jump to games that were really sad, uh, but I think like maybe it's recency bias, but um, I think Outer Wilds is a really really um, good game at at having an emotional impact. I haven't finished the game yet. Um, it's on Game Pass right now if you haven't played it, um, and it's just a game about exploration. Um, and it's, but it, it's about understanding species, um, and, and understanding the galaxy and, and your place within it, and then accepting your place within it. Um, but one of the things that's so cool about this game is that it has a working universe that follows logic, uh, and everything is kept on a time loop. And so there is a planet that will just naturally be destroyed by asteroids coming down and destroying it. And, and what's so cool about it is, uh, the gravity around this planet and its atmosphere actually change, uh, based on, uh, uh, what's hitting it and what pieces are falling off. Uh, and, and there's just like all these really, really smart systems at play and they create this really good sense of um, not just world building, but but it just feels so real uh, in a way that I, I wasn't expecting. Um, outer outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, uh, is just a really surprising, thoughtful, longer than expected uh, indie game right now. And it, it's just, it's really fucking smart and, and it just feels feels strong to me. That's awesome, man. Thanks for yeah. sharing that, uh, dude. Sure. I guess I'll jump in next. Um, my, mine is kind of a sad game, uh, but it's The Last Guardian. Um, you know, I was a pretty big fan of Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, but I like they didn't really get me in the right in the gut. Um, but The Last Guardian, I want to be fair to the game. I, I don't know that it's necessarily uh, a great game mechanically. Uh, it doesn't run that well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, as everyone knows, the camera has issues, the controls have issues, but at least for me, I got so sucked into the relationship between the boy and this bird dog, <laughs> Trico. I love Trico, uh, dude. When you that, say it like that, it sounds so silly. I know. But, like, everything else vanished. I did not even think about the camera. I did not even notice the awful frame rate. All I was focused on was just trying to protect this animal and the bond that grows between them over the course of the game and the places that it takes you and uh, just the courage that the animal displays in protecting you and vice versa. It was, it just was so powerful and it got me like so in my core of 
kind of what it means to care for something um, and to put everything on the line to save that and fight for it. Uh, it just, it absolutely, especially the end of the game, it just absolutely destroyed me. Um, so, you know, like if I had to give it like a numerical score, I'd have to take off all these points for, for all the problems that the game has. But the core of that experience, I think, absolutely did what it was meant to do for me. Um, so that's always going to be at the top of my list there. All right, you know, I'll go next. Yeah, Brandon, go ahead, man. I got so you know the first. It's easy to think of something sad like right off the bat. I was, I was thinking like Red Dead Redemption, The Last of Us, Final Fantasy VII, all very you know moments with their melancholy. But uh, let's let's go something with like the badass emotion. Okay, there we go. The like, I love <laughs> the badass emotion, Brandon. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Metal Gear Rising, dude. Oh like, shit. Pretty much all of Metal Gear Rising, but let's let's say specifically the final boss, like, like Senator Armstrong. It, it, uh, I played it, all state. It is it is the best boss fight ever. I loved every single second of it. I as soon as I was done, I played it over again, and then I played it again the next day. Like I just I loved every second of that boss fight. I could have gone it, pro. It, it makes me feel so cool. Like all yeah, all the dialogue is so good. <laughs> Ryden's lines are good. Senator Armstrong lines are amazing. I just love that Senator Armstrong looks like this accountant who hulked the fuck out. Yeah, it's basically. Just, he I, looks I just, like an accountant. <laughs> he does. He looks like an accountant who just like got, oh, I fucking love it. I love every minute of that game. Good it's fucking amazing. Every, good every answer. single second of that fight is perfect. Yeah. Who hasn't, who hasn't gone? Finn, Matt, have you gone? Matt and Finn. Matt and Finn. Uh, but let, let our guests go first. Yeah, yeah Matt, why don't Matt. you, man? All right. Uh, so I'm usually more of the shooter sports game thing so i don't generally uh get too emotionally invested in games what about that reason. sick touchdown that one time matt that I, sick touchdown i could be dead inside uh yeah but the one i think the one game that really stood out to me was alice madness returns uh which came out a few years Ooh, ago and um good one yeah and and the reasons for that is that it does a really great job of using the art in the game to tell this story of this uh, woman's descent um, into the blurring of her reality and the world in her mind. Um, you know, Alice Alice in Wonderland is all about that. But um, I think what made this game different is it wasn't just the plot of the story that touched; it was how the art and the music really made that transition apparent uh, and really helped you feel the emotions they were trying to convey because uh, the, the story in the game is very dark like she wakes up in an asylum thinking that she burned her family alive um, so like it starts with this very like intense uh, perspective and as she goes through her journey the art changes the music changes in a way that uh, really touched, uh, touched me and, and made me think a lot about uh, mental health and where people are in this journey we're all on so not so badass but it was very cool yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to That's be really badass good. although i do love the badass emotions i'm not gonna lie i wanted to be a little different yeah. the best emotions are the badass ones finn what do you got finn yeah so i'm torn between two if i go quick can i just yeah go quick man. yeah yeah shout them out quick because i've got one sad and then one that's like a really good reason so the sad one is the first game that ever made me cry as a kid was actually the ending to the RPG, the Super Nintendo RPG, Lufia 2, Rise of the oh, Sessionals. Because yeah. it was the first time I remember 
these characters that she got really attached to like die in this really dramatic sad fashion and i just was not expecting that did you play lufia one first I had not. Okay, okay so yes. you didn't know. I, I played right. Lufia 2 no, first as well. I did yeah. not. Okay, so, that makes more sense. Because I was like, wait a minute, you know these characters are going to die. No, I did not know okay. that. Okay. Yeah, that I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm excited by it. It's like going into the Titanic thinking it's just a movie and not based on <laughs> I can't wait for the ship to reach its destination and everybody gets yeah. off and has a great <laughs> life. That, that part always stuck with me because it's the first time I remember, like, tears welling up in my eyes i'm like oh my god no what the dialogue is real good there right it really is especially when it pants like their child that they just had and the the babysitter's like don't worry your parents will be home soon i'm like no they won't but so that's that one and then the better one is right after uh when i first got my job at gamestop and uh it was the month of the launch of halo 2 and i started i i made friends with this guy that I was working with that got hired the same time as me and he was a huge Halo fan and would have Halo nights every weekend um and I went with him and I met all of his friends and then they became like my core friend group and all of them were the groomsmen and best man in my wedding and so like every close friend I have in my real life right now can all be traced back to the never-ending weekends playing Halo 2 which it's funny to me because I never particularly cared for Halo 2. It literally was a social outing for me. So playing Halo was how I got to hang out with all my friends. Because once you're uh, older and you just kind of start spanning out, those times don't exist anymore. So Halo is how I met all of my like real-life friends that I still hang out with to this day. Very deep, then. Very deep indeed. I know. So deep. So deep. So deep. God, it's so fucking deep. Did anyway, this is getting everybody, weird. Everybody, stop it. No. Did everybody go for this one? Everybody went, dude. Yeah. Everybody right. went. Yeah, we fucking rocked it. Jeff, what's our next question? Uh, yeah, oh, man, there's so many good ones. Okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this next one. Maybe just like five minutes. Let's go uh, this quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah, should yeah, be a quick, a quick one. one. I think it's okay. a good group question. Yeah. It's not going to require us to go like turn by turn. Um, so this one just came from uh, Glorious War in chat uh, a little bit ago. Um, he asked... Uh, what do you think of acquisitions? Do you see an acquisition war coming? Or, uh, like, basically, uh, is Sony going to respond to Microsoft's acquisitions with any of their own? Um, I don't know. My personal take is I don't think so. I think they've, they'll have they continue investing in their first-party studios. They're doing really well. Their exclusives are selling well. They've got their type of game that they make, and they make it, um, you know, very well. So that, I, I don't see them rushing out to buy a bunch of studios. I don't think they need to. Um, but, Zach, I don't know if you want to steer that. For, for yeah else. yeah i mean i i can i mean i'm uh, my first answer will be that i i don't see sony doing it at least not yet i i think that like i think microsoft is on a very different trajectory right now with with the way that they're structuring they're buying studios so they can stock game pass and sony's like our games sell really fucking well and we're i mean days gone which was like an otherwise okay game is like number two right now i mean sure you could blame it for being a slow season but like I don't think they need to. I, I think Sony games will sell and they have a good track record. Microsoft is like, we'll keep releasing mediocre games and we'll keep making big studio buys along the way. I don't know. Do you guys, Matt, do you see an acquisition coming from Sony? It's tough to say like uh, studios to buy are becoming few and far between yeah. and they're exceedingly expensive. So, uh, and, and the ones that are out there that are still out there, are going to be super expensive. Um, so I don't know. Like, if it's going to happen, 
I, I wouldn't expect a lot of them. And I would expect um, just everything having to line up just right for that to happen. Uh, there's just too much happening right now in terms of change in the marketplace, a lot of risk. And so I'm not expecting it, but who knows? Sure. I can t- I, 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 I have no opinion. So, Finn, what do you think, man? About acquisitions? Yeah, like, do you think do you think we'll see a counter a counter uh, uh, from Sony, or do you think Microsoft is going to have more at their London event uh, in November? What, where do you think about? I think I think Microsoft has w- uh, another one on the wings, but I don't think Sony follows suit. I think someone mentioned it in the original question that it was. Uh, I think they're going to double down on first party uh, support, but I don't. I don't know. Like the gut reaction is that. If they were, they would choose someone like Insomniac that has such a close relationship with them for so long. But I, I honestly don't see it coming. Matt, what do you think? Me? That Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see that happening either. Um. I don't know why Insomniac would sell. Um. They seem very happy with the position they're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, studios, more studios will follow Bungie's lead and try to go indie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. John, what do you think, man? I have no opinion on the matter. Yeah. John. I'm not smart John enough for this one. A... Yeah. I can see the floor. <laughs> you know your strengths, though, and that's, that's I do. something to respect. Yeah. I, I yeah. have no fucking idea. I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, can I can I just say the one thing that, that's – it was a rumor for a while, and then it didn't end up coming true. But one thing that always made sense to me is I was surprised Microsoft – um, and you know, deals sometimes fall through. Uh, IO Interactive has really struggled with Hitman on its own, and it struggled with WB. It struggled with Square before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they want to stagger content feels like it lines up with Game Pass. I'm surprised that never happened because that would be a perfect. That would be That's one. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I can see that for both. But that would be beneficial for both both people. But... I, I love Hitman too. That did not do well. I'm, I'm worried yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. It which really is, which yeah. is really what made me. Yeah, I don't um, know. Does anybody else have anything before we go to next next topic? Yeah, let's 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 go and jump to the next question. Okay, let's go. Okay, uh, again, this will probably be another quick one, but this one's kind of fun. Uh, so this one came from Blaine Anderson, who I think's hanging out in chat as well. Uh, he asked, uh, "What's the one game you bought the most times on one or more multiple <laughs> oh, platforms?" I like this one. Uh, like yeah, this one. Por- ports and remasters count, but not a full-scale remake. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and no, he is absolutely not curious how many times John has bought. Uh, ff7 or i'm not literally sure. no one FF7. wants to know how he, many times yeah. john has bought final fantasy. <laughs> he probably meant to say final fantasy 6 yeah i think so so yeah. we, we don't care so yeah i guess game or series uh what, what have you bought the most times who started who's going first finn's uh, raising finn, his hand finn, go ahead hand up, yeah. So, yeah. Finn's got they, might, they might have said they don't care about how many times john has but i have purchased final fantasy 6 on every single platform it has ever been available on Jesus. even the ipad version which is garbage but i didn't care because i gotta support <laughs> my six and that's just that's just reality i think that game did, did just fine i don't think it needs more support um it does okay until, until i get an octopath Restyled remake of six. I'll continue to buy it. <laughs> uh, I'll jump in. My mine's probably not one game. The Metal Gear Solid series. I bought Metal Gear Solid two and three on PS2, the original releases. Then I bought Substance and Subsistence, which were uh, kind of the enhanced editions. Then I bought the PS3 ports. Then I bought the Vita ports. Uh, so I guess I've, I've bought all those games four times. And if they're ever released on PS4 again, for sure I will buy them a fifth. 
John. Uh, before got? I go, just real quick, I want to thank you. Uh, thank Lervinar, who just subscribed to Twitch Prime. Uh, I don't know Lervinar, so it must be a new uh, a new viewer. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Um, you know what? It would be Final Fantasy VI, but they haven't released it on enough systems. So I'm going to say Resident Evil 4 because I've released it on every single yeah. fucking platform it's come out I, on. I've bought, I bought RE4 quite a few times. Yep, quite a few times. And I've played it. Multi- like, yeah, Resident Evil 4 for me by a fucking country yeah, mile. GameCube. PS2, Steam, Wii, Wii, uh, PS4, <laughs> PS3, PS3, and PS4. I'm surprised uh, no one said Skyrim. Switch, no, no, Resident Evil 4 by far. I've only bought Skyrim far. once. Yeah. Reb, what games have you bought a lot? Um, I mean, I've got a caveat on this. If we're talking about money that has come out of a bank account that I was responsible for, um, then it's definitely Undertale because when I was still with my ex, we bought it on. My PC, his PC, the PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. So that we had four copies of Undertale between the two of us. Um, oh, yeah. For just me, it's probably Stardew Valley um, because I have that on Switch, PC, and mobile, and those are all mine. Um, and I've played all of them. <laughs> I love. I can't get enough of Stardew Valley. I love it so much, and the mobile version's great. So I think I think Stardew Valley is my actual answer, but Undertale is probably tied or second place because I think I own. I own two copies of that now. Nice. Yeah. That's not I, a lot. I, I don't is, have any games that I've bought ever. Is now a good time to tell you I've never played it? Just, you know. You should. Uh, oh, Undertale? Yeah, I should probably. I Okay. So, so my rule oh, about Undertale is, one, don't read anything on the internet about it. Just if you okay. haven't, if you yeah. have already, like okay. just, just, just play it. Just go in blind. Don't even mess with it. And two, if you don't like it in like the first couple hours, it's pr- it's fine. Like like okay. you can let it go. You're either going to really be charmed by it, or you're gonna be like, yeah, it's not for me, and that that's fine. Okay. Uh oh, I'll just go now that I've butted in to ask you questions and derailed. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about Undertale as much as they'll talk I, about Final Fantasy. That's fine. I have bought in the original uh, uh, Donkey Kong on a lot of platforms. That's I an answer say. I wasn't expecting from Zach. Yeah, I definitely have it on Switch, and I definitely have it on Wii U. Uh, and I definitely, I think I have it on Wii, which isn't that many times, two or three times. I have, and, uh, and then of course a version of it exists within, uh, DK64, uh, so, yeah, I like that game. That's like one of my favorite games of all time, probably. I was not, I'm, I'm, I'm actually floored by this. I wasn't expecting this at all from Zach. That's interesting. Old Nintendo games, man. Huh, I yeah, like I know. And yet you won't play Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI, Zach. It just I fucking don't, blows I my don't mind. I don't want to listen, I, John. I'm a tired man. I do not. I I don't have time for long games anymore. It just blows my mind. Chrono Trigger is a twenty hour uh, game, which Chrono is not Trigger long, but the greatest. But it's Undertale so, twenty hours. 15, Undertale is like ten hours or less. Like I gotta do like eight or less, guy. Like, I mean, actually, I don't even know if it's ten. It's it, Undertale's uh, about ten if you go for the full ending. Yeah, Undertale is right. shorter yeah, than right. ten, even. Maybe. Yeah, it's, Matt, Matt. Are there any games you've been buying a lot, or not, you know what? What are you spending I'm, your money on? I'm old, so I've bought Galaga <laughs> at least two dozen times. What an answer! That's so great. Galaga rules. That is fantastic. Galaga oh, man. does Best rule. Answer. You're right. Galaga man. does rule, and I'll buy it again. I'll, I'll buy I'll... it right now. Show me where I can buy it. I'll buy it. Let's go. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll dismiss your bad opinions about Tom Nook for that. That's great. Tom Nook would play Galaga. I think we we know uh, Matt's money all goes to the show. Tom Nook would take your money for a version of Galaga in Animal Crossing, Matt. All right. Oh, man, if I could have a Galaga machine in my house in Animal Crossing, holy shit, I would never <laughs> leave that game. 
that ends up being how uh, Nintendo releases Super Nintendo Virtual Console games. Oh my can... god! <laughs> Playing Final Fantasy VI on a machine I in your house and have a Hey, anyway, hey, play. play hey, you know what? Anyway, you can get it. To play Animal Crossing, if that was the only way to do it, I would become a huge Animal Crossing fan because that's the love of Final Fantasy VI. That's I would become the biggest Animal Crossing fan of all time, Reb. Like that would be my second favorite game. Really, um, really quick before we go to another person here, I just want to say, um, Matt, Maddie, who's on the show, uh, but not tonight. Uh, his game, uh, is Minority Report for the Game Boy Advance. That for the Game Boy Advance, he bought 30 copies because he was really hoping he could make it on NPD's list uh, for one month. Are you uh, shitting me? <laughs> no, he bought, <laughs> he bought 30. Oh, before your know. time, Reb. Before your time. Yeah. A while ago. ago. I still <laughs> can't get over, like, one of my first, like, it wasn't even a conversation. One of my first exposures to Matt Piscatella was when he was, it was like shortly after I got hired or something and when I was first like covering NPD results and he was like tweeting about random old games, like like best-selling PS1 games or something from this last month. And one of them was like Chrono Cross and it had sold like five copies or something stupid. And we're all like, why, how? And you were talking about how sometimes people just find dusty versions of it in shelves somewhere and put yep. them up because what else do you do with them? Yeah, and when Toys R Us was closing there for a few months, we we were seeing a lot of units of really old games that just must have been tucked in some corner of the TRU. <laughs> we actually yeah. have we actually have people in chat who are new to the podcast, uh, but well, at least new in the sense that this happened before their time, Zach. When when Maddie bought all his yeah. copies of Minority Report, I was also new to the podcast, and I've only I've been on here. Is it almost no a year and a half now? Year and a half, almost. Uh, yeah. And I didn't know Maddie that well either. And then I just came to the DM, and he's like, "Well, I, I got thirty copies. I hope that's enough." <laughs> I um, that. It, it, it wasn't. And Zach, why don't you tell the chat why he why he did that? It was for NPD, right? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he wanted to be the number one game on the Game Boy Advance for that month, and, he, I don't and think it he didn't was. work. It didn't, it didn't work. work. Which is it didn't work. yeah, it's crazy. There was multiple. Game Boy Advance game selling more than 30 copies. Yeah. One, one of the other assholes in this chat went out and bought 30 copies of Real Land 4. <laughs> a fucking... Um, oh. in, in my head, I want to say he bought them all from the same real The uh, same same uh, store. Retailer. No, do you remember? Yeah, they, were, they, they, were, they were bartering on Twitter, Zach, the night of the podcast. Do you remember that? Oh, They were like, come no. on by and pick them up. Like, it was fucking great. Incredible. It was outstanding. Yeah, I, I will have him find the tweets and put them out uh, later for people to. Oh to please, see. that'd yeah. be that'd be it's, fantastic. It was sublime. Who hasn't gone? I'm so sorry. I, I derailed really quick. I just I think love Brandon that story. hasn't gone. Yeah. Brandon, what uh, game have you bought in a lot of copies for? It, it's FF7, seven times to mm -hmm. be okay. exact. Well, oh, perfect. Nice. Perfect. Don't ever buy another one. Keep it perfect. Exactly. Basically, yeah. Well, the remake counts. Right? The, does yeah. the remake count? I don't know. Uh, no, uh, no, no, remake doesn't count. The remake criteria, count. but it basically counts. Uh, I don't think it should count. Yeah, I've got the greatest hits version with the green label, the black label version. I don't the have the black classic. Label, unfortunately. Oh man. Yeah, I've got a lot of copies of that too. So the uh, because you guys want to know, uh, the number one selling game of May 2019 on the Game Boy Advance was Driver. Driver? <laughs> what the fuck is Driver? <laughs> <laughs> you are the wheel man. I was hoping it'd be Golden Sun or something. I got so excited. Yeah, the number one selling game on Dreamcast was Sega Marine Fishing. 
I love that you guys still track this. No, fuck it. Fuck it, Matt. Keep it going. What else is there? Matt, what else is there? Keep it going, man. Oh, give me a platform. N64. All right, N64. The number one selling game of May 2019 in the Nintendo 64, Mission Impossible. What is the oldest console you track? Uh, well, we go 3DO. 3DO? <laughs> yeah. Is it twisted? Uh, 3DO did not have any sales in the Oh, market. that's a shame. Oh, poor thing. All right, what, what about the CDI Philips? Well, so we bucket all those in a in a group called Multiple VG Platforms from prior to '95. <laughs> the, um, the Value Game Bundle. What the fuck is the Value? That's the that's the predecessor to the Orange Box. Sorry, what console yeah. is that on? Uh, well, it's in a it's in the old uh, uh, old console bucket for things prior to like the 3DO. Oh, there's so. no way this is gonna come up with anything on yeah, Google. This is amazing. Better. Yeah, it's no. uh, it's pretty wild. I'm not gonna what find else? out what that was. But what's Sega Saturn's top, or is that in the bucket? Uh, Sega Saturn had zero sales last zero month, sales. but on the nothing, uh, nothing on the PlayStation Portable, the City of Twelve Duodecim Final Duodecim. Fantasy. Duodecim, Duodecim. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Of course you know what that is. Of course how's I know that? what it is. This isn't, this isn't that old, but how's the Wii U doing this month? Probably worse than the 3DO. <laughs> Let's Dance is the top seller. Of course. I mean, yeah. So, uh, actually, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, was yeah, no surprise there. That tracks. Smash Brothers and Paper Mario Color Splash. Ooh, good choices. Oh. Good choices. So, a, a quick thing, and I guess we probably wouldn't see it until next month, but uh, when Xbox adds a bunch of games to their back compat, uh, do you see a bunch of that stuff trend on, like, the original Xbox? Like, Oh, yeah. We'll probably, um, okay. We'll, see, we'll definitely see those things pop. I mean, one month... Uh, when they added uh, Call of Duty, I forget which one. Uh, one of the 360 Call of Duties, the backwards compatible, actually got up into the top 20 again. I think that was, was oh. that Black Ops 2, I think? Or was it Modern uh, Warfare 2? Modern Warfare 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, that popped back up. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see actual hits for both physical and digital sales uh, when those things hit back compatible. It matters. It actually makes a difference. Yeah. Um. So let's, uh, I don't want to get too cut. Uh, that was hilarious though. Uh, Jeff, what's our next question? Uh, well, we're, uh, we're reaching the end of our journey. So we, do, uh, we, we got to do, the, we we gotta gotta do the, Kit Kat. the Kit Kat question. Yeah, that, that's that, that is on. the one. I was saving that for the end because this is a disaster of a question. This is from our good friend, Steven Spawn. Uh, he said, what is your favorite Kit Kat bar? If you say anything other than white chocolate, you're wrong. White chocolate um, is fucking trash. What are the types white chocolate of... is fine, but it's not chocolate. So Besides I'm... the two flavors, what flavors are there? There's green oh, tea. Oh, you have not lived, Zach. There's green tea, yeah. Zach. Uh, so my friend sent me a orange Kit Kat bar from the Philippines. He mailed it to me. It was so melted when I got it, but it was still so fucking delicious. So orange Kit Kat bar uh, That's gets fucking five gross. <laughs> orange Kit Kat bar? Orange is and it, chocolate are so really good together. Thi- no, they're not. Yes. Uh, no, they're not. No, no, they're not. All right. I mean, plain plain Kit Kat is the good... The good okay, answer is the uh, chocolate banana flavor. That's a thing? It is. Is it like banana crisps in there? Or like, what? Is, how do they get... There's not. There's no such thing as banana Kit Kat. Come on, that's propaganda. Yes. Okay, listen, listen guys. 
there are Japanese Kit Kat flavors. There are like a gajillion of them, and oh, they're no. so good. And let me tell you, the Jap Japanese Kit Kat flavors, like even just the regular Japanese chocolate Kit Kats, are so much better than the stupid American ones. Like they are so fucking good. There's this I'm little sorry. store. There's a little store in Kansas City. Um, and it's like a little Japanese store. It's like at the river market or something. And I don't remember what it's called, but like, it's got a little subtitle. It's called cozy gifts for the home or something. And they sell Japanese Kit Kats and they rotate their flavors constantly. And I'm like always trying them. So like the matcha Kit Kats are amazing. Um, I've had like this autumn chestnut one. That's just fantastic. I had something that was like cherry blossom and nuts and it was really, really Why good. Can't we just have a regular um, fucking Kit Kat bar. Why the fuck do we need a regular fucking Kit Kat? John? Whoa, we have a geez, other... Reb. <laughs> You're just not adventurous. enough. <laughs> I'm just, I'm You're not so adventurous busy. enough. You're so busy playing final fantasy seven over and over again. That you final, fantasy final, <laughs> final fantasy six, yeah, no, final me. fantasy six, final fantasy, whatever. Final <laughs> Fantasy Put a VI. number on the end. That's the video game you're playing. Look, uh, look. The the only fucking Kit Kat bar is the original Kit Kat bar. That's it's a fucking Kit Kat bar. It's got chocolate on the. No, although I did John, see somebody in chat. I'm bringing you Kit Kat bars, and you're gonna be so happy. This is no, gonna be no. like mobile games. Oh, you're gonna lose a bet to me here soon. Uh, wait, have you ever done? Have you ever had the British version of the regular Kit Kat bar? Because it is the far superior what is regular. The, hold Kit on. Kat bar. Why? What makes it superior? What's so big about the British? version i don't know uh, it's just different less sugar higher cocoa content it's actually chocolatier don't they call it a biscuit uh, over there a kit no, kat biscuit a kit kat bar nope it's a kit kat bar biscuits and cookies are interchangeable not biscuits and bars i'm not the fucking <laughs> british expert like i don't know any i don't know yeah this like, was actually brought to my attention recently the chocolate that they use uh there's, there's very different kinds of chocolate and the chocolate there is better Mm -hmm. than the trash that we get we get the the bad stuff i saw somebody in chat say that there, that there was a salted kit kat a salted caramel kit kat bar now oh, that absolutely. i would be that i would be willing to fuck around with i'm okay uh, with so, that uh what the, the take five uh is a good candy bar I'll what's the take what's the take any five? relation to take two what the hell is a cat <laughs> uh yeah it's actually yeah uh so take five if Mary is Zelda promoting kit kats <laughs> This is like in my head. I'm trying to remember what's in there. There, I think there's caramel, there's pretzel, and there's peanut butter, and there's chocolate. Uh, I think it's, I think that Reese. Yeah, I think Reese. Technically, it's under the umbrella of Reese. Uh, Reese's. They can, no, Reese's. They... It's not Reese's, Zach. It's Reese's. Come All right, on. cop. Don't uh, say <laughs> caramel, you cop. But uh, yeah, they're also good. Uh, what? Swedish fish. Who here is going to tell me Swedish fish aren't good? Candy? They're disgusting. Swedish fish are nasty. Fucking no trash. good. No good. Matt. They're terrible. No. They're, they're fucking Matt, are you and I the only ones here who are going to defend Swedish Finally, Reb I has a good candy. Yeah, man. They're the best movie theater. They're the best movie theater candy. Bull fucking shit. Nestle Crunch That's Bites are the best movie theater candy. Enjoy your chocolatey fingers, John. I will. I'll lick them fucking clean, too, Zach. The, I'll be happy to do it. The best movie theater candy is no candy because no one wants to hear you fucking crunching on shit. I will try to watch what? their movie. Guess what? When I pay $11, I will make <laughs> noises like what? You fucking A right, Zach. You God. Candy for a movie theater is Twizzlers. And if you say Red Vines, you're wrong because I tried but, them once and they're disgusting. Finn, they're here's so the, chalky. Here's the, here's the thing, though, and I'm going to blow your fucking mind with this shit. It doesn't matter if it's a Twizzler or a Red Vine. They're all trash. They're trash. Twizzlers oh, are trash. Twizzlers suck. Twi Thank you, Reb. Twizzlers are fucking horrid <laughs> garbage. Where <laughs> <laughs> Mattis is dying. 
all credibility. Matt, Matt, if you want to cut in on this, go ahead, man. Like, please drop a spicy, drop a spicy take. Red vines are superior to Twizzlers. Whoa, that, that now that like you just mm. you just pissed off all the Twizzler purists out there. Mm. Are, are, I you are literally are the, the only person, man. Matt. Matt, you're the only person who I have ever heard say red vine is superior to a Twizzler. Whoa! <laughs> 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 After three years, we finally drove Matt. We finally away. broke him. Yes, we finally broke Matt. Oh. <laughs> Matt Piskin tell us had enough. We finally did it. Oh, Zach, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to round this shit show up? Get out of the business, man. Gonna... <laughs> Come back, Matt. Zach eating a red vine. We're, we're, we're in I bet he's. Is he getting a red vine? Is that what he's doing? I, I is he actually getting a red vine? Listen. No. Listen. Okay. Before we go, listen. It's it's the end of the week, and you know, the centerist has logged on. And he's here to tell you, let's all come together for one thing. And that one thing is black licorice is not good. It's not good at all. It's, it's not good. Very not it's good. not. No. God damn it, Matt. I'm trying it's to make it easy. Good. There's, there's always a fucking outlier. Matt, what a don't little... you like? Tell us what you don't yeah. like. Man, look at me. I like a lot. <laughs> don't dump on yourself like that, Dude. Matt. Okay. But like, get, what's, okay, what's the one candy bar you won't ever reach for, though? Is it like, okay, like her chocolate bars they're not very good they're waxy as shit right like come on give me one that's bad <laughs> the harry potter the harry potter uh jelly beans they're <laughs> oh really i was gonna bad. say those are trash dude the, <laughs> yeah. the birds the the every flavor jelly beans whatever they are jolly they're garbage ranchers are bullshit jolly ranchers are disgusting they are trash okay no, airheads, no he's right heads into the they're toilet bad. Airheads are trash. Airheads are bad. Yep. Cotton candy is it, shit. It is clear oh, there will no. never. It's clear that there will never be unity here, uh, because when I hear someone say Jolly Ranchers aren't good, uh, that's an affront. <laughs> now and later's. Me. Now and later's are garbage. <laughs> now and later's oh, are straight trash. John's mouth makes me want to reach through the internet and just like. No, I, I'm upset. You'll get your you fucking. Cha- I'll tell you what. Candy. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Finn. Yeah. At Pax West, I'm gonna march right up to you and like get an inch away from your face and be like. Now and later's are fucking trash, son. Now what? Now what? Now and later's are garbage. No. I love how <laughs> Brandon. All of a sudden, like Brandon's been zoned. All of a sudden, he's like, "Who the fuck is dissing now and later's? Who the fuck is dissing now and later's?" I've, I've never. You're the first person I've ever heard have any ill will against now and later. They're terrible. They're awful. No, they're, they're great. great. No, sure. they taste like. They're- single good opinion about candy they're now, bad for about five later, seconds and then they start getting soft and they're great no a now and later is basically it's like something that was left over at a construction site and, and they're so, not somebody... as good as starburst i'll give you that starburst. john i'm gonna bring you all the best kit kats the next time i see you and see my goal john i think you have bad opinions let me just be straightforward about that but my goal is not to shit on you for your bad opinions really? my goal is to change your bad opinions into good opinions and give you positive experiences along the way like i did with mobile games that's what good friends do that's right, right. so i'm gonna bring you some, i'm gonna bring you the best fucking kit kats next time i see you and you're gonna be like what the fuck is this this is stupid why do i need this and then you're gonna eat one and you're gonna be like oh Oh my god this is amazing i can't believe i never tried this before and you're gonna be really happy and you're gonna have found something new that you love okay i'll tell you what can i here's what we're gonna I... go go ahead please no 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 zach no, go ahead no, i, no, no. I so just want to go to bed john okay all right before we wrap <laughs> it up zach before we wrap it up let's let's do this we'll be at pax west if reb supplies the exotic candy i will stream I if i'm coming if you come if you're able to come 
and you bring the exotic candies, I will live stream myself eating them and I will review Excellent. each one on the spot. Okay. We'll okay. talk about the mouthfeel. We'll talk about the, we'll talk about the bouquet, the notes. It's going to be great. That's it's going to be fantastic. And, um, Finn, oh, Finn, Finn, Finn's, yeah, Finn's mic died yeah. again. Yeah. All right. Um, it's the webcam's not. No, no, your mic's fine. <laughs> Finn, Finn, your mic's fine. You're just not talking loud enough for your webcam to pick you up. So say it again, but shout. Say it again. Well, I had a great point in chat. We should submit a PAX West panel where we have this discussion and debate it live and have the candy on stage and do live taste tests. Puppet Salt too in chat says, "Okay, can I send some candies for Johnny?" Yeah, send me the fucking candy. Justin's already trying gamer drinks, isn't he? Yo, <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, this week I said this before we went live. I had all four game fuels this week, and like I wanted to hate them, and they were all fine. That's because like, you're a true gamer, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like no, I will give you the, the definitive ranking is blue, uh, red, blue's always yellow. The yeah, blue. Blue, red, yellow, green. Green is too samey for the regular. The tactile okay. grip, I don't like it. But the resealable can, it can hang out. All so, right, Jeff, Jeff, please send send me to bed. Zach, <laughs> Zach, do, did you feel your 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 KD ratio rising with every sip that you took? Do you feel like it made it increased your your reaction time? Like, is this uh, gonna be a boon for you for when Gears Five no, drops? No, I didn't feel enhanced. Uh, I just felt like i needed to brush my teeth <laughs> <laughs> all right That's let's it. fucking let's bring let's, all right let's bring this trash fire home before um, we go i'll actually let zach wrap it up um i just want to say we didn't get to all the questions but we truly uh appreciate everyone who submitted questions either in the chat or tweeting to us uh or replying to the tweets from the official account um this i do have them saved here we might okay. i would love to do this again i think we, we're gonna do this again fun. We're absolutely, um, we're absolutely so you know, keep sending us your questions. We will get to them eventually. We'll try to make sure uh, we take questions from different people each time, so that we're giving everyone a little bit of love. But thank you again. Yeah. Um, and, and before just we to send us, oh, oh really oh. quick, Zach. Just real, real, it's going to take ten seconds before we go. Real quick, I just want to say um, uh, thank you to everybody in chat and tw on, and on Twitter and on this podcast who kept my spirits up the past week. Uh, last week, I tweeted out something. Some Call of Duty opinions and uh, my mentions were a dumpster fire uh, for about five days. And I had a lot of people right here in the DMs and a lot of people who were in chat sending me DMs uh, and kind of keeping my spirits up. And uh, podcasting with everybody here, this is my family and uh, my, my closest friends on earth. And I love everybody here. And I just want everybody to know uh, how much I appreciate them. This is exactly what I needed to kind of bring me back after kind of a shitty, shitty five days. So thank you to everybody. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, and And... And to echo and to echo John's sentiment, uh, it's it's been a long weekend, and, and make sure if you if you're uh, you know you have the ability to to take time to recover, do that. Uh, you know, play games with friends, enjoy some of your favorite shows, relax, do what you need to do. Uh, have a good, safe weekend. A special shout out to uh, Matt. Please, uh, please keep coming and enduring our bullshit because we really appreciate your insight and you're you're a fun guy to to hang out with, and 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 we really appreciate you, man. Oh, thank you. That's no, been fun for two years and some, and let's keep it rocking and rolling. I really appreciate it. Hell yeah. All right. Everybody, uh, have a good, safe weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. And don't forget, it's not always poetry. We don't yeah. always agree, but we always keep it real. See you later.